Hello and welcome. This is Perspective for Parents. My name is Nick Thompson, and this is a podcast for parents of adolescents. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Watch your language is a concept I'd like to share with parents because I often share it with your youth. When I say watch your language, I'm talking about watch your loose and loathing language. When I say loose, I'm talking about the words and phrases we use when talking about something we may or may not do. Words like, well, I hope, uh, I wish, and the biggest one, you know, I'll try. So many of us use try incorrectly. I give the example in my office, grab a basketball, and I'll say, this is, this is a correct usage of try. I'm going to try to spin this basketball on my finger for one minute. Why that is an accurate and appropriate use of try is because I am uncertain of the outcome. Not totally in control. But when I say I try, I mean, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to put in the effort. I'm not entirely sure of the outcome, but I'm going to try to spin this basketball for a minute. Try works there because I'm not 100% sure that I'll be able to do it. Or maybe even 90, 80% sure. I'm unsure. That's why try is appropriate. Now, if someone said, could you put away the basketball before you leave to go home? And I said, I'll try. That's incorrect usage. I'm totally in control of putting the basketball away. There's a spot for it. I just need to walk up to that spot and drop the ball in its spot. That would be putting it away. So when someone says, can you put away the basketball before you leave? The appropriate responses are yes or no. So I see many young people, and to be honest, all people using this loose language to talk about whether or not they're going to do something. Are you going to work out three times this week? Well, I hope so. Hope? Hope isn't the right word. You are in control of exercising three times this week. Why this realization is so important is when we use this loose language, we are giving ourselves outs. We are giving ourselves future explanations, reasons, justifications, excuses not to live the life that we want to live. And when I introduce this concept to the people I work with, they get it. They can see how this loose language can have such an impact on following through on these intentions. I once heard somebody I know say this. Come the beginning of the year, I'm thinking it's probably a good idea to begin to start looking for a job. Yeah, that was really sad. Did you hear all of them? Did you hear all the qualifiers, all the exit ramps? It started with come the beginning of the year. This this was said in late September. And it shows how all of us do that arbitrary start date thing. We're like, if it's Tuesday, 
and, and we want to make a change in our lives, but we can't change now. It's Tuesday, which is almost Wednesday, which is the hump day. And then it's the, you know, where it's the weekend. So we can only start things on Monday. In this person's case, Monday wasn't going to work. Even the first of, of next month isn't going to work. It's got to be the start of the year. But it wasn't by the start of the year, I'm going to have a job, was it? There were things said like, I think it's probably a good idea to begin to start. That's next level. Begin to start. I like that. To find, not get, find. Side note, I find it interesting how uh, people use the word find. Oftentimes incorrect. Well, you know, I need to find balance. I need to find myself. I need to find happiness, find abundance. In my opinion, you do not find these things. You create these things. Using the word find gives us a, a, a loose association. It is a passive process. It's like, well, I just didn't find it. Like it's a set of keys. I looked, but I couldn't find the keys because they were behind the pillow. So much of what we talk about when we use the word find, we need to be using the word create. We get to create ourselves, create happiness, create meaning. Okay, tangent over. So take some time today to think about maybe the loose language that you use. As I'll always bring it back to, it is our opportunity to model. Model accurate language. Having your say and your do be the same. When you commit to something, you follow through on it. If you don't know if you can follow through on something, maybe we just say that. Yeah, I don't know. Instead of saying, I hope, I wish, I'll definitely try. Or if we think we're not going to be able to follow through on a commitment, on an intention, on a request from someone else, we'll do this crazy thing known as using phrases and words like, no, I won't be doing that. I'm choosing not to do that. A no, sorry, is usually way better than a I'll try, I hope, I wish, and not following through. So think about the loose language that you use. The second type of language that I would like to address is loathing language. Loathe, verb, feel intense dislike or disgust for. We live in a time where loathing language seems to have gotten out of control. When I talk to people, I hear a lot of intense, negative, critical, loathing language. I hear so frequently, it was the worst. This was the worst week. Things I, I, I wanted to kill her. I hate him. I hate her. I hate it. FML, which is F my life. Things like, I wanted to kill myself. Oh, I wish I was dead. Shoot me in the head. And after asking if, if the person actually wants to die, and they say, no, it's, you know, it's just an expression. I like to bring up the conversation. 
is that helpful to use that intense, that loathing language in your life to describe things that might not be that awful? I had to wait in line at Trader Joe's. I wanted to kill myself. Well, okay. So waiting in line at Trader Joe's isn't the best of times. Maybe saying that it was the absolute worst and you wanted to die isn't the best way to describe the situation or describe your experience of the situation. I believe this negative loathing language really has an impact on us, our emotions, our outlook, our lives. Describing people and things as as worthless. Describing a test or a project as the worst thing ever. Your life is awesome if an exam was the worst thing that's ever happened to you in your life. I don't want to say that at times using extreme or intense language isn't okay. Because I get that, that it gets a point across and sometimes it's used in, in, in a way of, of trying to be funny. But it is the consistency of use that concerns me. We say hate a lot. I hate him. I hate her. I hated that movie. I hate that restaurant. One of the things I've tried to use in my own life and and people I'm working with is, you get to hate three things. So instead of saying, don't hate anything, uh, we get to pick three things that we hate. But we have to be aware of the list. And if you're talking negatively about something else and you use the word hate, well, is it on your list of three? If not, are you going to get rid of something? So choose the three things that you hate, and you only get to describe those three things with the H word. It can be a a fun, playful exercise that that introduces a concept of maybe it's not good that that we use hate, that word, as much as we do. Maybe that description can taint our view of other people and other things and ourselves. So in your own life, think about it. Do you, do you use a lot of loathing language? Is that something you can improve on? I believe we all can. I think we would all benefit from using more mild language. Going with the, the mild salsa instead of the hot or Diablo. Language like, you know, it was all right. It wasn't the best. Subpar. Not my favorite. I'm not a fan. Scale from one to ten. Give it a four. Let's live in the vocabulary of threes, fours, five, sixes, sevens. Not everything and everyone has to be the best or the worst. It's an inaccurate description of people and things. And I do believe it has an impact on us. And I see it having an impact on our youth. So another idea for you parents, something to look at, something to think about, and the possibility of another way to model something that could have a positive impact on your child. Thank you for listening. If you found this podcast useful, please subscribe, rate, review, 
and share with a friend. If you would like to find more information about this podcast or my upcoming presentations, please check out my website, perspectiveforparents.com. Spelled out, that's perspective, the number four, parents.com. Thanks again.